0: Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Rich Jones. Okay, Rich Jones, he is stuck in corporate. He wants to break free. He's binging on the show. For your chance to win $100 every Monday morning, simply subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it top tribe you know i don't have a lot of time to waste that's why i use fresh books to send out invoices and make sure i'm collecting my money to get your free month go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the how did you hear about us section Nathan Latke here. This is episode 614. And coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to learn from Shin Sakane. He's a father of three and 36 years old. They raised $75 million and he's about to launch a $15,000 machine that folds your laundry. They did over $35 million in 2016 revenue with their best selling item, a $120,000 carbon fiber golf club. It's unbelievable. They do laundry, golf clubs, nasal sprays. He's a genius. His company is called Seven. Dreamers, they're based in Tokyo. You don't want to miss that episode tomorrow. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nathan Latkin. Our guest today is Ted Olson. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called Pendo, a product experience platform that helps product managers deliver successful products. Now, before Pendo, Todd served as VP of products at Rally Software Development, which he led through its public offering. Todd joined Rally via its acquisition of Six Sense, the company he founded and served as president and CTO. Oh, Todd, are you ready to take us to the top? Sounds good. All right. You're like, what do you mean take us to the top? I'm lost. All right, good. So tell us first, what is Pendo doing and how do you generate revenue? What's your business model?
1: Uh, we provide a solution to help companies building applications, improve the experience very specifically. We help them gather intelligence on how people are using their product and then provide them the ability to message their users in app to um, help educate their users on what's there and get them to value faster.
0: And is this, you You, you keep using, using the word app, or is this just for mobile apps? No, 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 uh, primarily web
1: applications, but um, uh, I just mean software solutions, software products, things like
0: that. Okay, and uh, help people, can you maybe tell a specific story of a customer that's currently using you and how they're using you?
1: Sure, sure, I think a, a good example of someone is using a company people have heard of is Optimizely. Um, optimizely uses us to one, understand people who are in their, um, trial flow and onboarding flow to help get up and running, start creating experiments. Um, their team can get insights and where people, what people are doing and not doing, but also help guide people towards
0: getting up and running faster. Yep. Okay, great. And what is the, I mean, should people, I think, people. I mean, should people think about intercom? Is this, are you kind of in the same space as intercom?
1: A little different, a little different. I think um, Intercom's focuses more around being a next generation communication platform. Uh-huh. Think of our in-app messaging more like campaigns, like uh, let's launch a campaign to do guided tour when you log
0: in. So onboarding, new feature announcements, those sorts of things are really more in our wheelhouse. Got it, great. And let's go back, uh, well actually, and tell us how you make money. Is this a SaaS company?
1: It is yeah. Oh, subscription.
0: Yeah. It's like everyone's a SaaS company these days. Everybody wants that predictable revenue, right? It helps, right? It's better yeah. than unpredictable revenue. <laughs> Todd, I like that answer. That's good. So take us back uh, more now that we kind of know what the business does fill in the blanks in terms of the story. What, what year did you launch the company in?
1: Launched the company in 2013. I just wrapped up a tour of duty, so to speak at rally software um, I was with, uh, as you heard from my bio, Rally Software from the time they acquired my company in uh, late 2008, early 2009, uh, through 2013, where we successfully had a, an IPO. After that.
0: What was that um, company again, Todd? The, the one that IPO'd?
1: Rally, R A L O. Rally Software. Okay. Yep. And. Um, uh, took some time off and started thinking of what I want to do next. And I was the VP of product at rally. And one of my main pain points was around understanding how people use our products, what features are using and not using, and frankly, getting people to use various aspects of our product. So we experimented with a lot of the technologies that uh, Pendo now automates for
0: everyone. Yeah. These are like, these are like as a product person, you know, a user has to do X, Y, and Z in the first 10 minutes to increase their lifetime value by five X.
1: Something like that. Exactly. Every product has a key set of features that, you know, if people get to those fast. They're more likely to well either convert to a paying customer and or stay a happy customer and ultimately renew and generate a ton of lifetime value. Exactly.
0: Yep. That makes, that makes great sense. Now I understand the connection to rally. You mentioned six Sense though, as well. What was your role there? Were you, were you one of the founders?
1: I found a six cents and then we sold six cents to Rally.
0: Got it, got it, got it. So six cents, even though on its website right now it's still standalone, it's actually owned by Rally. Rally is now public.
1: Actually, a different company than that company. It was sixth uh, sixth sense. Th- oh, okay. That's and, why I was confused. Uh, that's now provides uh, Rally's reporting engine, essentially. Got
0: it. Not not the URL, the number six sense.com. You got it. Okay, got it. My fault there. All right, so you launched the company. Uh, t- talk to me more about uh, kind of the first few years. So I always ask this question. It's usually embarrassing. Do you remember what your first year revenue was? Like, like the first year we're in a business? At Pendo, yeah. Zero. I can he- <laughs> like <you> remember easily. <laughs> you just remember spending a bunch of money to build the thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's
1: super, super simple. It's a zero year one, zero year two, and then we started making some the next. So, um, and then that number was a lot larger than zero.
0: (laughs) That's good. What did you, for people listening right now, thinking about jumping in and kind of doing their own thing, help them understand the kind of the upfront risk you took. So how much did you invest into building this thing before you saw your first dollar in revenue?
1: I mean, we invested a couple million dollars and well, not quite a couple million, I'd say a million, like $1.25 million we invested into the business to start generating revenue. Somewhere in that range.
0: And who's we, the founders?
1: Yeah, I mean, we raised some seed capital as well. So you know, we have seed investors. Um, they're great. We we've you what know what was your seed round? We did we did about a million dollars seed. Oh, you know, if you're talking about personal investment, yeah, I mean, I was part of that seed round as well. Okay, but we took a, we took an initial million dollar seed round. Um, and of course, there's always the sweat, right? You know, you you don't make you know the same salaries you're working at a publicly traded company totally. at a startup, right? So everyone's sacrificing a bit.
0: Yep. that And that was, uh, that, I guess that was 2013. So convertible notes. I don't know if they were sexy back then. Was that a convertible note or was that a price? Yeah, yeah, it, was. it was a convertible note. It I, was I a million dollar convertible note in 2013. That's rare.
1: It was, you know, we closed it on December 24th, you know, and everyone told me that no one closes deals between Thanksgiving and New Year's, but yeah, we did. Come, Come on, now. There,
0: There's no better forcing function in deals like this than Christmas. No one wants to be thinking about this on Christmas morning, right?
1: I don't think so, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So you put in a million and then fa- you found it obviously back in 2013 fast forward to today, how much total have you raised? 31 million. And I usually hate that question cuz that talks nothing in terms of, you know, you know, profitability or things like that, but you raised 31 million. You, what's your team size at to date? 76 people. All there on the research triangle? All but two. Oh wow. Okay, good. So all but two. Um, and then, OK, good. And then walk us through. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned some of the companies currently uh, using you guys. And I know I think based on my research, I've gotten from me, you have other companies like Invaca and, and Trendkite and Acton companies like this as well. Right. You got it. Are those are these your kind of your average customers or are these part of your you know top tier cohort or bottom tier cohort, et cetera?
1: All of our customers are top tier, so you know, I don't like to think of <laughs> people's average, not average, right? So let, we were you, them all.
0: let me re-ask that question in a way that will uh, allow you to uh, answer uh, kind of what I was getting at. A lot of uh, companies, when they look at their customers, they'll split them into different cohorts based off team sizes or things like that. So these specific customers, are the, are these representative of your entire customer base?
1: They're good. Those are good folks that are kind of some of our medium customers, I think, in terms of size. I mean, we also have companies like on our website. We have uh, Infor listed. That's a billion dollar software company. So, you know, they're in the larger tier of of customers. So
0: And then I don't want to get into, uh, like, I guess, specific different cohorts and and different pricing plans and all that stuff. But in general, on average, what's the customer paying you per month?
1: Average uh, amount customers paying us per month is over two thousand dollars a month.
0: Okay. So, I mean, you would say mid-market to enterprise then, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I think, you know, it depends on your definition of enterprise. I mean, You talk to a sales rep from Oracle and ask them an enterprise deal; it typically be in the millions. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but so we're not in the millions. I'm just putting it out there, but you know, we're we're, we do have some larger customers. Yeah,
0: and and uh, coach us up real quick for people listening right now who have SaaS companies that are maybe much smaller than where you're at, but they're looking to drive expansion revenue. What are some of the triggers you're pulling to drive expansion revenue?
1: Yeah, so we typically land um, on a single product, and we expand when they um, put us on another product. So, take a company like an Infor, You know, we may start with a couple products, then then the product managers with products will go to their peers and say, "Hey, check this out. We really like it." And then we put on another couple products and another couple products, and that, that's been our primary way in which we expand.
0: Is 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 adding additional products to the same plan. That's how you're increasing prices over time.
1: Yes, correct. I mean, okay. we also have tiered pricing based on features, um, but that's less common, I would say, than just adding new products.
0: Well, I see, I always ask this question because I see two patterns. Some people are great at driving expansion revenue based off things like team size and others are just killing driving upsell revenue by additional additional products selling into the same base. It sounds like your main driver are additional product lines into the same base versus seat expansion.
1: Exactly. I mean, early on we were selling to product managers and we knew that there were some companies had very few product managers, some had a lot of product managers. So seat pricing just didn't make sense for us yeah. because, you know, we don't want to be predicated on whether a company has a lot of product managers or not. So um, I mean, at the end of the day, your pricing should align with the value deliver. And we know that if we add another product, we're adding more value because we're helping that product. Right. So um, you know, seat pricing, the other thing you gotta be thinking about is whether people share seats and are providing incentives for that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, a product's a product. And, and we also charge based on the number of monthly active users one of our customers have. So sometimes we get oh, an organic upsell just on that You know, let's say we're working with a customer and they their doubled their user base. I mean, I'm not going to say that it doubles the Pendo cost, but price will probably go up. But, you know, the way I look at it is, if we're doing our job and we're helping you create great features and we're making the experience better, then your number of users should go up and you know we should share in that success, right? Yep. You know, we're all aligned around the same thing, making making each other grow.
0: And it's Q1 here in 2017. How many current customers are you working with? Um, it we are working with a little over 200. Okay, 200. Got it. And these uh, uh as you kind of expand and continue into 2017, is there a specific kind of uh, target market you're going at in terms of uh kinds of product lines that people are serving or kinds of product managers or is this really totally open any kind of product online any sort of
1: software product uh, you know uh online yeah, yeah any web-based yeah. software product we can sell to
0: yep great and then take us through some of the other kind of important things in a SaaS business so so, so churn has anyone left you guys
1: of course yeah, <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't think you have a company maybe someone hasn't left you no no right? at all. Um, no. no uh uh, generally speaking, you know, I, I think when you start a company, you sign a few customers they're not always the best customers. Uh, I mean, churn as a percentage is, uh, as a percentage of overall revenue is very, very small under 5%. So.
0: Okay. And that, that's annually or monthly. That is annually. Yeah. Annually. Okay. So are you guys, um, is something you're focused on? Is this important due to getting to net negative revenue churn with expansion? Or is that not something you guys are focused on?
1: We have net negative. You are so net negative. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Our net, yeah, our net
0: our net numbers are in the 140 range. So yeah. north of 130. Explain that, Todd, for, for people that don't know, don't understand net negative. What turn. that means
1: is when you're looking at
0: net um, retention, what you're doing is you're you're
1: accounting for the expansion and the churn, the same number. So th- that means is we're growing our well, you know, I like the bucket metaphor. Let's say we have a bucket, which is existing revenue. It's growing at thirty percent. Um, yeah, I think it's a quarterly number. Um, even if you account for the stuff that's leaking out the bottom. Yep. So just organically, it's growing by thirty percent, which okay. is pretty good.
0: You said one hundred and forty net retention or one hundred and
1: thirty? I said over one hundred and thirty and one hundred and forty. I was it. I was probably bounced by numbers. It is over one hundred and forty. I, I I was I was. You know, no,
0: I, want to, I want to tie it back just to make sure folks get that lesson. It's an important one. You're basically, even if even if the bucket's leaking, it's still growing by, by, you know, uh, you know, 130% year over year or quarter over quarter, whatever it is. Yep. You got yeah. it. Awesome. Good stuff. And then uh, what about acquisition costs? Are you spending a lot of money on paid acquisition or no?
1: I mean, we have a sales team. So by definition we are spending money on it. So, yeah. I mean, I think our, our, our CAC to LTV ratios are, are healthy right now. I mean, when you're looking at, um, that you got to be careful looking at numbers too early in the business, but our, our CAC payback is right around
0: 12 months. So. Okay. Right around 12 months. And at a $2,000 ARPA what? so you're willing to spend up to about 24 grand on acquisition. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And uh, where are you guys? You're all, you said you're all based in uh down there in Raleigh, any expansion plans, West coast, Europe, anything like that?
1: We're looking at it. I mean, there's, there's no question that we, having a presence in the West coast would be beneficial. Um, so we're evaluating
0: it now. Awesome. Good stuff. And then it, can I do the math? Can I take 200 customers times an ARP of about two, two grand? Assume you're doing somewhere around half a million bucks in MRR.
1: Um, you can do whatever math you want, man. So I'm not telling you what to do. So no, I'm not going to quote revenue live or publicly or comment on it. But you know, you're welcome to do the math you want to do.
0: Got it. Uh, I I want to. The, the reason that's important, I think, is because it helps folks understand if they should be thinking about net revenue, or if they're on your size, or if they shouldn't be thinking about net revenue, or if they should be using your product based off ARPU, or shouldn't be using the product based off ARPU. So I I appreciate being transparent, man. Okay, Top Tribe, as many of you know, I sold Hayo, and everyone is always asking me what my expenses were when I was building Hayo. Well, a big expense was that I spent over three grand per month on financial services to keep me out of trouble in terms of taxes. You know, my mom would always harbor me, Nathan, you got to keep all your receipts and put them in a freaking box or something to make sure you don't get an audit or things like this. I'm like, mom, I'm a millennial. You think I'm going to keep all these receipts? I now use FreshBooks. I use their mobile app to take a picture of receipts and it makes taxes a cinch. Additionally, I don't have to hire a $3,000 per month person to manage all my finances. It's like saving so much money and my mom's happy. Additionally, I don't waste a bunch of time creating invoices. I use their templates and I can avoid using Word templates or Excel files. I just use FreshBooks to quickly send out invoices and it works like a charm. To get your free first month, go to NathanLatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, go to NathanLatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Great. Let's Hey, Todd, let's wrap up here with the famous five. These are super easy questions compared to the other ones I've thrown at you. So number one, what's your uh, favorite business book? Good degree. You're a Jim Collins fan, huh?
1: Yeah, a big Steve McConaughey fan, love them.
0: Right. All right, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Aaron Levy. Number three, is there besides your own, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Hostgator? Well, not Hostgator, I don't know that one.
1: Uh, favorite online tool, I've been playing around with 15.5, love it. What do they do? They do
0: um, performance management, kind of status reporting, things ah, like that, interesting. very cool. All right, good, uh, number four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No, of course not. <laughs> good, good answer. Just your voice inclination is great on that. All right. So no on the eight hours of sleep. And what's your situation, Todd? Married, single, you have kids? Uh, married with a bunch of kids. You know, I ask that all the time because I get parents always go, Nathan, we can't start our own company because we have kids and we have no time. So it's helpful when people understand other people are doing it with kids.
1: I have a seven week old, a 20 year old, a nine year old. You have a seven left. week oh.
0: old right now? Yep, you got you're, it, man. You're an animal. All right, so uh, married, four kids, and how old are you, Todd? 41. All right, last question. Take us back 21 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um
1: you know, I wish I knew that I uh, I knew more at
0: 21 than I thought I knew. Wait. Say that again. You would have t- <laughs> I'm very confused. I think I lacked confidence
1: at 21 because I didn't realize that I actually knew more than than. Uh, you know, I actually w- was pretty decent at 21. Got so, it. um, I w- I knew that at 21. <laughs>
0: Tribe. There you have it from Todd Olson. He wishes he was more confident at 21, more confident in what he was doing and, and, and uh, what he was focused on. Again, he was leading product at Rally Software before he was uh, founder of Sixth Sense, which went into Rally Software. Rally Software then went public. One of the things Todd learned at Rally was there were some key things that you had to get folks to do in the product to make them sticky. He realized this was a big problem. 2013 launched Pendo to help solve this problem. Now serving over 200 customers with an average ARPU a monthly of around 2,000 bucks, 76 people based in, mostly in Raleigh, again, focused on solving this problem for people. Again, 31 million bucks raised. Todd, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. If you enjoyed Todd today, go back and listen to Sahil Aurora yesterday. He started his company when he was 16 years old and now he's 18, doing 17K in monthly recurring revenue, helping you put your ads inside of taxis in India. He's doing this via a major partnership with Uber. I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today.